This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So this call to Abraham was like was not like, well, Abraham, you know, if you're sort of interested, yeah, yeah, you know, you might go over there. To, to Canaan. No, this was a call to Abraham of escape for thy life. It's the same as the gospel call. It's an escape. The gospel call is an escape for thy for thy life. You know, it's last week I was at a, uh, in the doctor's office. I frequent doctor's offices, but anyway, I was in a doctor's office building in the elevator, and I got in, and there was four people in the elevator, and 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 the 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 man. There he was helping. He said, "What button do you want?" Okay. So then I, I said to the people, "I said my pastor used to do this. I learned from him." He said, "I said, will your last trip be up or down?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and then he said, the man said to me, "Oh, it will be what it will be, and you can't change it." And I said, "Oh no, but yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can decide to either receive or reject." the Lord Jesus Christ. And that determines whether your last trip's gonna be up or down. So, so the gospel call is for a person to escape for thy life. And each person alone makes that decision. No human makes that decision for anyone. God doesn't make that decision for anyone. And, it, and it, it's, it's the person himself. And he benefits or he doesn't benefit from the decision he makes and he, or he's destroyed. Because that's what it says in Proverbs 9.12. In Proverbs 9.12, it says, if thou be wise, in other words, if you receive Christ, you're wise. If thou be wise, thou shall be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shall bear it. The gospel call is a call to escape for thy life. Abraham left, and he didn't turn back. He wasn't like Lot's wife. No looking back. Lot's wife, she looked back with a longingness, and she became a pillar of salt, she alone bore it. She lost her life. The Lord Jesus Christ gave a very strong warning about that in Luke 17, 32. Luke 17, 32, when he said, remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. 
and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. So here he is, Abraham. At this point, he's faced with this dilemma. Am I really going to do this? I'm going to leave my family. I'm going to leave my friends. I'm going to leave my, my country. And, 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 or, or am I going to let them stand between me and God? And in, in essence, what he was saying was what we just sung, nothing between my soul and the Savior, not of this world's delusive dreams. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine. There's nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior so this blessed face may be seen, nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear. Let nothing be nothing between. And if we asked him, Abraham, how were you able to do that? How could you do that? I mean, didn't you love your family? Didn't you love your country? Didn't you love your people? Did they bring joy to your heart? And he would say, yes, but I had to choose between them and God. And, and I chose God. Fade, fade each earthly joy. Jesus is mine. Break each tender tie. Jesus is mine. So, so Abraham could not be set apart for God until he set himself, uh, until he separated himself to God, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. He, he, he couldn't. He, he could not be set apart for God until he separated himself to God. And the same is true for us. The same is true for us. Now we look at verse one, where it says, "Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of the country." When it says that, the Lord had said unto Abram, that means that God had spoken to Abram before. It said the Lord had said. And we're not, and, and we're not told here in this part uh, in Genesis 12 about about those circumstances, but we have some details about it. And in all places in the book of Acts, and 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 Stephen is about to be martyred. It's his last words before he dies, and he talked about this in Acts 7 verse 2. Acts 7 verse 2, Stephen explained gave more detail than we have here in Genesis when he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. So that would be in Ur of the Chaldees. And said unto him, get thee out of the country from thy kindred, from coming to the land I'll show thee. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans, dwelt in Haran, from then, when, thence when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein you now dwell and he gave him none inheritance. So from Stephen, we get detail. From Stephen, we learn that Abraham saw the God of glory. We don't see that in Genesis, but this is what happened. Stephen tells us that Abraham saw the God of glory, and it was at that time that God told Abraham, leave. God appeared to Abraham and told him to leave. So when it says in verse one that the Lord had said, that shows how, how, how Abraham had already heard that message in the past of, from when we come to Genesis 12, 1 here. But it also shows when it says the Lord said it to Abraham, Abraham's faith was centered in a person. Faith is centered in Jehovah Jesus, and there's an emphasis there. There's an emphasis in Acts 20, 21 on the same point. Acts 20, 21 says that he was testifying both to the Jews and also the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is always toward the Lord Jesus Christ. People talk about the Muslim faith and the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. That's nothing because true faith is in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
True faith is not in a religion. And, you know, like one time I, would, I think I may have told you this, but I took this seat on a flight that I was going, this big, big African-American man was sitting next to me. He was like a giant. And I was like a midget. And so I sat down in the, in the plane and I was all tired. And I said, praise the Lord. And, and, and he leans over me like a giant cloud. He leans over me and he says, and he had that deep voice, and who might that Lord be? <laughs> I was scared. I said, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, uh, all right now. <laughs> faith is always centered in a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham's faith was centered in the Lord who spoke to him. Like the hymn says, my faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one, his wounds for me shall plead. Okay, so his command comes in verse one. Get thee out. Very, very uh, famous words in Hebrew. Lech lecha means go, you go. Go, you go. It's very direct. So the first call to Abraham is to go and, and, and separate, as we said. It separates, true faith separates. And so he's looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, of his faith, as it says in Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12.2. All right. And then he's, he's thinking, anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Anywhere he leads me in this world below. Now, that's how Abraham leaves his country and his father's house and his relatives all behind, because he'd come to love God, and he was choosing God over them. But he knew that if he left, he'd have God with him. That's what he wanted. But he knew if he didn't go, he wouldn't have God with him, and so they makes his choice. Now, it's interesting about what God told him about the land here, because he, he did, do you see that in verse one there, when it says, when, when he gives him the call to leave there, does he tell him in verse one that he's going to give him the land? He doesn't. He said, I want to show it to you. He says, he, 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 doesn't tell, he doesn't really tell him anything about the land, and he doesn't, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't come up with a sales job and say, Abraham, have I got a land for you? This is a land that's, oh, it's the most beautiful land you've ever seen. Oh, the waterfalls, the lakes, the mountains. Oh, half a million birds take their migration over there. You're going to love this land. It's, more, it's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. He doesn't say any of that. No sales pitch to Abraham. Just simply come to a land I want to show you. I mean, he didn't promise to give him the land at this point. And when did God promise to give him the land? In verse 7, thy seed will I give this land. So how did Abraham know that the land was going to be so wonderful that he should do this? Because it was God who was saying, I want to show you this land. So God makes this promise to Abraham. He said, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. So when Abraham is called to leave his own country and he's promised he's going to be don't worry, Abraham, you're, leading, you're leaving your, your nation, but I'll make you a leader of another nation. And God called Abraham to a place where you, you're gonna, you, I know you're going to be a nobody. I know you're going to show up there, and they're going to say, Abraham who? We'd never heard of you before. But God said, don't worry. In verse 3, I will make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. See, God told Abraham he was going to be great by being a blessing to others. The greatness would come to be a blessing to others. That's, that's true of us. The more we help others, the greater we are, the greater we become. A great person is, is not a person who lives for himself. It's not a person who goes and says, you know, I'm going to go get a yacht and be on the Caribbean there and, and, and try to get a more wonderful 
view and sort of sounding every morning when I drink my coffee. <laughs> and that's God's purpose for every life. You ever seen a Coast Guard rescuer when, when, when he talks about saving a sailor out at sea or something like that? Oh, man, he is so engaged, so fulfilled as he talks about being in the helicopter and searching over the water and then seeing him there and then lowering down the basket and picking him up and bringing him into the, to the helicopter. You know, for the lost, there's no greater purpose that a believer can have than to set himself to bring the lost to the gospel and rescue them from the sea of hell, the lake of fire and burning. And we're the Coast Guard, and we're searching over the sea of humanity. We're looking for that lost sailor out there trying to bring him the gospel to save him. That's what makes a fulfilling life, and that's the life that God said that he had for Abraham. He was, thou shalt be a blessing. That's the only fulfilling faith is the faith that sets self apart and looks to be a blessing to others. Now, uh, so, so next he says, so God told Abraham he's gonna bring him to this, the, to this point for the world's blessing or cursing. He's gonna be the hinge point. He's gonna be a hinge point. In other words, I'll bless thee that bless them, bless, bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. So that's really something he says that. And so God's called to Abraham. He makes this call to him. He says, you gotta leave, you, you go to this place. And now he ste- God steps back and says, okay, Abraham, the ball is in your court. The ball is in your court. It's all up to Abraham. Everyone's waiting to see what Abraham's gonna do, and Abraham makes the right decision in verse four. That's the way it looks. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and lot with him, and Abraham was 75 years old. Now, it's a remarkable statement there that he just left. And we're told about it in Hebrews 11.8. Hebrews 11.8 says, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive after for inheritance, obeyed, he went out not knowing whether he went. He's 75 years old. He's, he's not a spring chicken. He's an old convert, if you want to say that. You know? But what's great about Abraham, what he did, is that you have no indication that he, he, that he talked or discussed this with anyone. He didn't talk it over. Kind of like when God told him to, to, to sacrifice Isaac. He didn't talk it over with Sarah. We already talked about how that would have been a bad mistake for him. But he made the decision on his own, just like Paul just like Paul, he didn't speak to anybody about his decision about what he should do when it says in Galatians 1.15, Galatians 1.15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred uh, not with flesh and blood. He didn't talk it over with anybody. Now, we read, when we read these first four verses here, how God called Abraham to go to Canaan, and then we read in verse four, and so Abraham departed, and then in verse five, they went forth into the land of Canaan, and the land of Canaan they came. It kind of looks so simple. It kind of looks like one, two, three. kind of looks like one, God called Abraham. Two, Abraham left. Three, Abraham came into Canaan. And when we read that, we read that one, two, three, honestly, it's a little discouraging for us because we think, boy, I can never do that, you know. But was that really the way it happened? Was it really like the one, two, three that it appears here? Is that really how it happened? Just one through two? Is that what what took place? Well, the key for us to see this, again, going back to verse one, is when that little word had, the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out. So to see what really happened and what's, what's being conveyed by that word had, 
You gotta, we got to look closely at the closing verses of, of the previous chapter. Don't forget that Genesis is not written with any chapter breaks. We think, oh, chapter 12, okay, that's it. No, no, it just kind of reads all the way through. So you kind of have to look at the previous chapter, chapter 11, and the last two verses before you get to this to see the picture. In those verses, chapter 1131, 1131 says, Terah took Abram his son, Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So we see that it was Abraham's father, Terah, who way back in Ur of the Chaldees, he's the, he decided, I want, we're, go, we're all going to Canaan. Everybody pack up, we're leaving. So he takes Abraham, he takes Abraham's wife, he takes Abraham's nephew, Lot, and they all head off with all their belongings to Canaan. But God spoke to Abraham and told him to go. To, he told him to go to, to Canaan. Terah decided to move the family to, to Canaan. Way back in Ur of the Chaldees, God did not tell Terah to go to Canaan. Way back in Ur of the Chaldees, God told Abraham to go to Canaan. But God also told Abraham, you separate from your father's house. That would be Terah. You separate from your father's house. Now, in other words, God told Abraham, move on to Canaan independent of your father Terah. That's what God told Abraham before anyone even started out for Canaan. And then Terah decided to move everyone to Canaan. So for Abraham, Abraham's sitting there thinking, well, this is convenient, this is nice. You know, Terah's moving everyone to Canaan because, and so that's nice. And because actually, I've been told by God to go to Canaan, so that's what works out well. But, and Terah intended to go to Canaan. That's what it says. We read about that in, in, in Genesis 11.31. 11.31 says, he went from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. But they came unto Haran and dwelt there. So when they get to Haran there, Terah decides, stop here, let's settle down. That's about 500 miles short of Canaan. A little, little bit short. So Terah started for Canaan, but Terah never made it to Canaan because he died in Haran. And that's like many people today. They start out for Canaan, they start out with the Lord, but then they get bogged down in their Haran. And, and only Abraham is the only one who actually goes on to Canaan. So, so Terah, he did not have the call of God to go on to Canaan. Abraham had the call of God to go to Canaan and to leave his father's house. But when Terah stopped at Haran, Abraham stopped in Haran also with his father. That was not good for Mr. Abraham. That was not good. But so, so what happened, again, Terah intended to go to Canaan. He stopped short. Abraham stops it there. Looks like about 15 years. 15 years that they're there. That's not good for Abraham. Abraham waited 15 years when he should have left his father's house in Haran and gone on to Canaan. But Abraham stayed there in Haran until his father died. And then Abraham moves on. That was the grace of God. God had told Abraham, separate from your father. Abraham didn't do that. He stayed in Haran. So God says, all right, I'll give you a little nudge here. Your father dies. So God appears now to Abraham after he gets to Canaan. So he appeared to him first in Ur of the Chaldees before he left, and now he appears to him again in Canaan after he arrives. But for 15 years, Abraham was idled out in Haran, and he should have obeyed God. He should have gone on 
He left his father and moved on. But all during that time, he's, it's a dry time for him. God's not appearing to him. It's a dry time. That can happen to us too. That can happen to us too. A time of disobedience is a dry time. We always think of Abraham, oh, the great Abraham, the great father, Abraham. Well, here we see how he needed some help, and God helped him. And the point here is that it's not how great Abraham was. It's how great the God of Abraham was. And, 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 and we just sang that song, the God of Abraham prays. Not Abraham prays. The God of Abraham prays. All right, now finally, Abraham moves on to Canaan. And that's just what makes this statement so great at the end of verse five. And into the land of Canaan they came. Well, better late than never. But when they got there, the Lord then appears to Abraham and Abraham does something else. It's really good in verse seven. It says, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So Abraham builds an altar to the Lord to worship God. First priority now is to build this altar. Good. But there's an important detail here about Abraham going into Canaan in verse four, where it says, and Lot went with him. Lot went with him. That means Abraham did not say to Lot, Lot, sorry, buddy, but you know, here's where the road ends for you. I mean, God didn't call you, and you're not really showing a heart for God, so you'll be just fine here in, in Haran, you know, along with Laban. No, that's a different story, Sarah's brother. But I'm going to God, nope. That was not Abraham. That was not him. He took Lot with him. And Lot was not exactly, uh, didn't, anyway, caused him a little bit of trouble, to say the least. But what that shows about Abraham is that his calling is going to be a blessing. So he says, come on, Lot, you're coming with me. Just like it says in 1 Timothy 4.16. 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in so doing, thou shalt save both thyself and them that hear thee. And Abraham is saving them that hear him. He's saving Lot. Faithful Abraham takes Lot with him, not forces him, but he persuades him to come. And he comes into Canaan now in verses eight and nine. And it's strange here because it talks about he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord, called upon the name of the Lord. Abraham journey going on still toward the south. He comes to this place, Abraham does. There's two cities. There's a city of Bethel. There's a city of Ai. He looks it over. He says, uh, no. Uh, and he goes up on a mountainside, and he pitches his tent there. And then, and then it's, like, uh, it's like he's antsy or something. And then he goes, and he moves on toward the south there. He's always moving. He's in his tent. He's always moving. He's looking. I can't know. This is not going to fit for me. This isn't going to work for me. And then he's moving on. What's he doing here? He's being a pilgrim. He's looking for a city. It says in Hebrews 11.10, Hebrews 11.10 about Abraham. He looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. He's got a yearningness about him. And he says, where is this city? And God says, I won't disappoint you, Abraham. I'll prepare you a city. And the city will be a heavenly city. And the same should be for us. We should be this way. Strangers and pilgrims looking for God's city, not happy with the sin as Abraham was not, but constantly looking. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God of Abraham, helping him every step of the way. And we, Lord, tonight we just commit ourselves more to you to be like Abraham. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.